The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. It's the wrestling talk that happens after they kick us off the air. It's the finishing move, the dark matches. And now here's your hosts, Big John Radcliffe, the road dog, Adam Gillespie, and the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Caldwell. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the finishing move. Big John Radcliffe, along with my tag team partner, Chris Colwell. Christopher, good evening, sir. What's going on, man? It is good to be back. We've, I don't know, I feel like we haven't connected a lot lately. I've been missing you, man. It's just, you know, all this going on in the wrestling world, I haven't got a chance to talk to you. I'm going through withdrawals here. I, I feel like uh, we've been drafted to different shows, and WWE, <laughs> uncreative, has found a way to uh, to separate us, and we won't let that bring this uh this stable to an end. We will successfully continue on as Otis successfully found a way. We'll talk about that. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that while you're doing your everyday duties, I haven't appeared on a screen to cheer you on like uh, Big E did on Monday with Kofi. But you know, Which, I'm still the way, there in, in my heart. But before we get started with that, WWE, I'm really upset of the fact that I cannot make it in. Road Dog tried on multiple occasions. I don't know if you have. I can't make it on to. Uh, I've tried for uh, Hell in a Cell. I have tried for Raw. I've tried for SmackDown. I've tried for all the different shows. I get the invitation. I get the invite. I log in like an hour before. Still can't get on. It's like they they're very selective and who gets like they they allow people to sign up in mass, but then only let certain amount of people through there. I don't know. Like I I've signed up for one a SmackDown and I didn't actually get a chance to actually sit down and do. Actually, I, I plugged in a a time and never actually got to sit down and do it. So I don't know what the process is like. I haven't been through it yet, uh, but I this ain't the first time I've heard of this. So I don't know. They need to figure out a way to streamline that better if they're going to keep doing this moving forward. I have tried multiple times. It's not working. I'm starting to think it's some sort of sham. It's their way to just, <laughs> it's their way to make them feel better about themselves. But I digress. Because uh, as we're coming to you guys tonight, WWE, they have done their version of a, a draft. I use that phrase loosely because obviously I think the draft is a bit of a sham. Agreed. But, <laughs> but one of the biggest things that came out of the draft on SmackDown a team that has been together for, I think it's six or seven years. Oh, it's six years, definitely. They have now made themselves easily into future WWE Hall of Famers mm-hmm. for a team that ultimately, if the formation of the three of these individuals had not ever happened, I and one of the individuals has said it themselves on their podcast, one wouldn't have been there, the other one would have been relegated to a long-term mid-carder, and the third one would have been sent down, sent down no offense, their words, not mine, would have been sent back down to NXT. And the team we're talking about is the New Day. New Day is over. They've said on their own podcast, the New Day podcast, that Xavier Woods has said if this team hadn't have been put together, he would have been fired and teaching and would have been teaching out of college somewhere. Kofi Kingston would have been a long-term mid-carder and Big E would have been sent back down and repackaged. Now they are the longest reigning tag team champions. They're, they've They've now tied with the Dudleys for the most tag team championships in WWE history. They've literally put, marked themselves as an instant first ballot Hall of Fame stable that will go into the WWE. No, there's no doubt about it. And when you think about, when I think about the legacy of New Day, yes, it's salvaged their careers. That's, that's huge. I mean, yeah, as a group, they are definitely a Hall of Fame group. But they're Hall of Fame group because of their longevity. You think of some of the biggest stables in WWE history. You think of a DX. Well, they were together off and on for, what, about three years? Evolution was about a two-year run for them, except for their little comeback in 2014. Uh, the Authority didn't have a long corporation. The Ministry of Darkness. You think of some of these stables that come to mind. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you look at, like, a Heenan family early on, but that was back when things moved at a snail's pace. In modern WWE, a six-year run for a stable, also slash tag team, 
is kind of unheard of. It's amazing what they were able to do. The fact that they not only got over as a group, but they stayed over as a group. A lot of times you get these group, you know, tag teams that, man, they get over big, but then over time fans kind of go, eh, I'm kind of, I've lost interest in them. It's time for a change. Nobody really ever got tired of the new day because they were consistently funny to the point that now here we are with them splitting and nobody's happy about it. Well, not only that, in terms of what they've done, and you're right, no one's happy about it, because one of the things the New Day was able to successfully do was repackage themselves in a manner that you couldn't tell whether or not they were heel or face, because whether they were heel or face, they were still comical. They were still able to entertain. Even when they were heels, they still wore colorful attire. They didn't go just in all black instantly. No, they went darker, and they'd go a deep red mixed with some mm-hmm. other colors. So you, it was hard to tell. They successfully repackaged and rebranded themselves multiple times. I, I, and I agree. I'm, I am also one of the ones that I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it in terms of the way it was done. Yeah. Because the part that I am happy about, and I think it's long overdue, and I hope it does come to fruition, I think it's time for Big E links to get that big push Agreed. to a world title run. I, I, and a world title holder, I think he can do it. I think he is someone that has proven himself not only just in his athletic ability and his prowess, his, able to car- his ability to carry himself as a solo wrestler, which we've seen off and on, on multiple times, but also his ability on the microphone. And, and I think that's something that when given the opportunity, he could – I won't say he can propel WWE to the next phase – but I think he's someone that can constantly be in and out of the world championship conversation every single time and be someone. And this is the best way. And I, I mean, this as a compliment, he can be a proverbial big show cane that we need a big guy to help propel a story that we could put a belt on him for a little while and take it off of him and put it back on him and take it off of him and put him with this tag partner and take him out of here. He's someone that can do that. And I hope that's not taken in a condescending manner because it is. Def- I definitely mean it as a compliment. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you said, it is long overdue. I mean, yeah, he's had one single. Well, technically two, if you count the yeah. NXT title, but the Intercontinental title run <laughs> he had in 2013 and 2014 was, it was a joke. It wasn't the Intercontinental title wasn't taken seriously. Then he beat Curtis Axel, who was a joke at the time. It wasn't a big deal. And he wasn't getting over as a babyface single star. And, and again, New Day basically salvaged his run with Raw or SmackDown at the time. NXT very much was developmental. I'm not going to argue with you on that. He would have been sent down (laughs) to NXT if it hadn't been for New Day forming and becoming what they have. And it's definitely propelled him to – we got to see his personality come out. That's what that group did for all three of them. Like we never really got to see the full personality of Kofi Kingston. We knew – well, we know Kofi could wrestle great. He could do all these cool-looking moves – but that was it. And after a while, that gets boring, right? Big E, you knew he was strong, but what else was there? Xavier, we didn't really know what was there at all. And what we got to see from all three of them was just that personality that was so entertaining that you just wanted to keep watching him. That's what that did for Big E. He's now in a situation where we know he's tough. We know he's strong. But now we know he's got the personality to go with it. We know he can cut a promo. We know that people are interested in what he, what he can bring to the table. My thing with it, and you don't like how it was done, I don't think it was necessary. Because just like Kofi Kingston was world champion as part of New Day, why couldn't Big E have been world champion as a part of New Day? Why did you have to break the group up to begin with? I think you had to break them up because on a mic, Xavier Woods is the strongest of the three. So in doing a promo, it would be difficult. I mean, I can't take away, first of all, Man is literally a genius because he has like he's a doctor. He literally is a genius. But also in the same vein of that, look what he did with just a trombone. He simply took a simple prop as a blue trombone and literally I I can easily say it ranks up there with Jimmy Hart's megaphone. It ranks up there with Jim Cornette's tennis racket. It ranks up there of just those gimmicky things. With head? It, Nothing ever needs to go in that. <laughs> but that one. It ranks up there with Paulie Dangerous' cell phone. I mean, it, he took a simple prop, and I love the story that he talked about it. And if you guys, you know, we always talk about dropping podcasts on here. Go check out their podcast where he talks about where they asked for it for one time. And when they were trying to get it back, he just said, nope, not giving it back because I'm never going to get it back. 
and exactly. kept this little thing and made it right. into a major prop. And I think the genius that he is, I think he's someone that would have overshadowed what putting helping get Big E to that next level. Because Big E, you know, we talk about it, big on it on this show. Roman Reigns will benefit from having Paul Heyman. Big E doesn't need a Paul Heyman. Big E doesn't need a mouthpiece. He doesn't need a manager. He can do it on his own, and that's what I think they needed. Now, the way they did it, I don't like it. I, it just was so anticlimactic. It yeah. just had no, it, it had no, no, no panache to it. It's just kind of here's the draft. Say Big E's name. Say Big E. Nope, he's not going. Okay, well there it is. I think he could have done so much more with it in a different manner that it just felt like no one put any thought into it. It was no effort put in. Well, it's and here's my problem with the draft in general. And this it happened this year, and you could feel it's the same thing that used to happen during the original brand extension. You would make moves for shock value, for simple shock value. None of them made sense, and you would reset the rosters and completely create a confusing situation where more or less you're starting all over. You had momentum for certain superstars on one brand or the other. And guess what? That's gone now because an angle that was really getting over is done with, or tag team that was really over is done with. And for what reason? It's the same reason you put Jim Ross on SmackDown and Michael Cole on Raw just to say, Hey, anything can happen in the WWE. (laughs) The way that, (laughs) the way that they did this was just, I mean, it was for one, you know, Woods and Kingston coming back, and announced that was out of the blue. You could have announced them being back on the show. And then the fact that don't I could do an entire show on how stupid the tag team situation, tag team title situation was. How, oh, let's have them win the titles only to be drafted to Raw with the SmackDown tag titles, but we're going to draft the Street Profits, the Raw tag champs to SmackDown. And how are we going to resolve that situation? They're just going to trade titles. And that's going to that- count as a title reign for each of them. What? <laughs> and that, that just proves how WWE doesn't care about the tag team title. Oh, absolutely. There's because no they, doubt about it. They easily missed an opportunity for a great tag team match. They missed an opportunity for the New Day to continue to be the New Day, and they missed the opportunity for the Street Profits to even propel themselves a little bit more because they took a match with the New Day, whether win or lose. And you can still have it end in just a simple handshake and respect and help propel them some more because I feel like the street profits have been underutilized. But I digress. You're right. That was the dumbest thing that, here, we're going to give you our belts and you take ours. <laughs> now, now we swap titles. I like blue better than red anyway. That works for me. I mean, it was pretty – if you wanted to move the street profits to SmackDown and you wanted to move New Day to Raw, there was a simpler way to do it because you didn't have to take the straps off Cesaro and – Shinsuke because they stayed on SmackDown. You could have kept them as SmackDown tag champs. You could have had New Day drafted to Raw and then beat the Profits on Raw because Street Profits hadn't didn't get drafted until Monday Night Raw. You could have had a tag match there and then you announce that the Street Profits are going to SmackDown. There's that's a whole nother topic, but New Day splitting and it's so like you said, anticlimactic, out of left field, just for shock value. Zero reason to do that. Especially without a build, I mean, you could have done a lot more to this. And on top of that, if what what the rumors that are out there, the the dirt sheets as they call it, what's on the dirt sheets turned out to be true. The concept of WWE might be looking more towards stables, not stables, stables. Stables. Having yeah, not not sable, not the. Let's clarify this. Not, don't want to. There's not going to be a cat going row. You know, multiple sables. But having stables, then it doesn't make sense because right now we're seeing you take the stable of the Hurt Business. Mm-hmm. Great. You're seeing there's the rumor that there'll be a new formation of a new Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Very excited to hear about that. Uh, evidently, WWE listens to the finishing move and you'll have a formation of the tribe, so to speak, that'll consist of Roman Reigns, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and whoever else will be a part of it. If stables are a part of it. The New Day has been a stable that has been a staple of WWE mm-hmm. for, like you said, six years. Why separate them? Why take one of the most over stables that literally even paid homage to what is wrestling? Wrestling is taking something from the past, reinventing it, and bringing it forward. Raise your hand if you're listening, if you knew about the Freebird move. I'm willing to bet there's a lot of the diehards have, the casual fans had no, first of all, 
They didn't know who the Freebirds were. Nope. But Michael P.S. Hayes was an announcer. Doot, doot, doot. They did not know that he was a part of the fabulous Freebirds mm-hmm. and the Freebird rule. They knew nothing about that. I know that. it was Doc Hendricks. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Now you put, and now they bring something from the past, bring it forward, make it cool, and it's like wow. And you saw they did it the right way because who the uh, Lucha House Party, they Mm -hmm. tried it, (laughs) failed epically. It's because nobody cared about them. (laughs) And and just showed the 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 panache of the new day. It showed up Mm -hmm. here. Here you took which, and think back to when it originally formed. Thought the new day was going to be a reformation of the nation of domination. Yeah, we thought you know Biggie was going to be some sort of preacher, and and, mm. and 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 Xavier Woods was going to be a pastor. We Kofi was the deacon, and what? It, and then they just changed it, and it changed a little more. And then they went and became characters for every WrestleMania, whether they were Dragon Ball Z or Peter Pan or whoever, and the Lost Boys. They took such creativity with it, and such creative prowess with it that to separate them number one you're going to need to let them continue on their creative path the way that they are and and i know people would say well even uh, the miz cut an amazing promo on xavier woods you don't i mean on uh biggie you don't change who biggie is biggie is the way he is and everybody loves him and he can be a halo or a face people would still walk well yeah and (laughs) i get the, the the whole thing premise of that whole talking smack segment was him pointing out, hey, the brass doesn't want your comedy if you're going to be a big star, big main event guy. But I don't think it's true at all because when you look at The Rock, who's the, arguably the biggest star, one of the biggest stars in the history of the company and definitely the biggest movie star in the world right now, was The Rock serious all the time? No, The Rock cut some of the funniest promos in the world. And I think you can be funny and serious at the same time. Bring the humor in your promos, but then wrestle seriously. You don't don't be stupid in the ring. Be be comical outside the ring. I think it can work. But here's the thing that I'm worried about. You know, we, you and I both agree. Big E can do this thing. He can be a main event guy. He's got the talent there. He's got the ability. He can move for his size. Uh, I mean, he's he could just do a lot. And I, I definitely could see him. I wouldn't be surprised, and I wouldn't hate it at all if he was the Rumble winner, if he's the one to go up against Roman at WrestleMania. I don't hate that idea at all. I don't think it's probably going to happen, but you could see it potentially happening. My fear is that with him outside of New Day now, if it doesn't click the way WWE wants it to, how how much of a leash does Big E get? Are the how serious are they to really give him? You know, strap that rocket to him. Or, you know, are they going to lose faith in him within two or three months and he's going to end up teaming up with Apollo Crews and some random tag team? I think they're going to have to roll with him for a while. And here's why I think that. I think they realize as much as we enjoy it, Roman Reigns isn't long for this position that he's in. They'll continue to force him upon us. But he's not long for it. Because as much as we enjoy the change, the, this change can get stale very quickly. Because... For some odd reason, someone keeps coming up with the ungodly idea of, let's let Roman Reigns talk. Stop letting Roman Reigns talk. And I think they're going to realize we're going to have to put him on it because he he's the next young guy that we can move up. And I know you'll say, but there's so many other Drew McIntyre, people forget Drew McIntyre's pushing forward. In the wrestling world, is older. Right. You, you're so limited on what you have there. And what you unless you're going to jump over Big E and not to say that he wouldn't do a good job with it and put Adam Cole in the in the driver's seat with WWE now having competition with AEW they don't want to lose big stars just think about it Big E gets frustrated because he's not getting the opportunities and now makes his way over to AEW what would that do for the race what I mean, would that do yeah, that would be crazy to think about that. And Big E is literally right around my age. He's 34, so he's right in the prime of his wrestling career. Now's the time, and, and the timing's great for it, to, to push him. You know, he's learned. He's had a chance over the last six years to learn more in a tag team situation that he's more ready to be that singles guy than he was before. And you 
got, I'm with you. You've got to go with them and see where it goes. I don't know that this new version of Roman's going to get old because I think the fans are really finally embracing this Roman character. So this is probably going to be, you're going to see eventually this alpha version of Roman is going to become a face. It's going to be, he's going to be that, for lack of a better way, saying it, the badass face that he's going to eventually, it's going to come around because it happens with all the effective heel gimmicks. Eventually fans start to like him. So I think you've got long legs for Roman Reigns, but he's going to have to have competition. He's going to have to have opponents, and they need new up-and-coming stars. Now's the time for Big E. He's in the prime of his career. It's a chance to roll with him. You know what? Even if he's got a short run to start with, you know, the belt could do a lot for him. You know, even an oh, yeah. upset win of Roman Reigns at like the Rumble only to lose it back the next month. That does huge things for Big E because then later on, now he's got more credibility than you can really push him up there once people buy that. Oh, he, you know what? He can win it. No, you're exactly right. And you said the operative word there, though. That'll run for a month. Not for a day. Not, for, not win it on Sunday, lose it on Monday. Win it on Sunday, lose not it on Not a Zack Ryder title win. Exactly. It needs to be of some longevity. It needs to be something there. And he needs to have some credible wins to go with it. Because I look at Braun Strowman. I don't feel like Braun Strowman had any credible win. He had... He had Dramatic matches, he didn't have credible wins, and I think you got to give it. You got to give Big E those credible wins to go with it, whether it be against Roman, whether it be against the Miz, whether it be against whomever. You got to give them those credible wins to go with it, add that little extra validity to it. Because I feel like as I'm looking at Braun Strowman, there was no validity to his title win, and I get it. We're in the middle of a pandemic, so much going on. He didn't really get a chance to really shine for as long as he could but i don't i also think they underutilized what he was and who he was because of doing the theatric theatric match not actually having him go in there and do a serious knockdown drag out match have him do a match against the big show i know we've seen it before but you know what it adds a validity because he just beat a hall of famer had those matches come about and add a little bit more to it. And I think those are the things that if WWE does that, it can go somewhere with it. Now on the flip side, of, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was going to, I just absolutely agree with you. The, I think the problem with Bruns reign was it's just the lack of count. You know, he didn't have any legit challengers, the whole reign. I mean, you had the, the initial match with, Firefly Bray Wyatt, but nobody, I mean, come on, that's, that's the joking version. I mean, the super uh, friendly version of Bray Wyatt, right? Nobody took that seriously. He just knew you didn't put, Braun was thrust into a situation. He would have never been world champion or universal champion if it hadn't have been for the pandemic. We all know that. I don't know that Vince ever or company ever had plans to ever put the title on Braun Strowman because they shown time and time again that while they liked him and liked to push him as one of the top guys, they didn't have the full faith in him to be the guy. And I think that right there is what will will hurt Big E more than anything is if you give him a if you give him a lukewarm push if you push him to a certain point and then you go you know what we like him but. We don't have the full confidence in him, so we're going to kind of flip-flop with him. That right there, the minute that fans recognize that as a company, you don't have confidence in a guy, that's when you start to notice that fan support goes down because why should we get all you know behind a guy that you're never going to fully embrace? And one of the things about the New Day that will be very easy to tell if the fans are behind uh, the moves that they've made, the New Day has been one of the top-selling merchandise in WWE for quite a few years. The minute those numbers go down, you'll immediately know that things have transpired and people are not behind the move that you have made. I mean, let's be honest, they made pink cool. Last person, last WWE superstar to make pink cool was Brett Man Hart. So, you know, they made pink cool again. So it's one of those things that they made people need. like pancakes. Ooh, I want pancakes. Pancakes are awesome. So are so well, have you ever had bootios? No, I never bought a box of bootios. You have? No, I've, I've never bought a box of them. Oh, no, I, I, I've never had them. I, I've, I've always had the concern that it was one or two things. Either <laughs> A, it was too much sugar, or B, it was like, uh, it would have no sugar and it was like Cheerios. So I was like, okay, this, I'm just not going down that road. But uh, they should bring back the, uh, you remember the the wrestling ice cream pops? Yes. Uh, uh, CM Punk wanted to bring them back. Right, right, Absolutely think they should have bought them back with the new day i think that would have been, been fantastic think about it they bought pink back so you could have made a strawberry one 
You could have. Oh, you got me right there, brother. You, you, you could have made. You could have still made the traditional vanilla. You could have made different flavors with it. I think they would have had something there. But you know, what do we know? We just do a little. What do we here. know? What do we know? But now on the flip side of that, we've talked about Big E, but also now we now have Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston that have gone over to Raw and have some champions over there. <laughs> At what point does that tag team become stagnant? Because they're going to almost need to reinvent themselves as well because they can still go by the New Day name, obviously. Right. But the look, the style has to change because you're missing that third member. You're missing your powerhouse. Now you're essentially two high flyers. And we know how Vince feels about the high flyers. And he still sees Raw as the main brand. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And I'd be interested to see where we go because you saw, you know, on Monday, they, they kind of teased that, hey, we're, you know, we may be separated, but we're representing New Day on Raw. Biggie's going to represent them on SmackDown. So, I mean, are they going to go forward with an idea that, hey, we might be on different brands, but the group isn't really split. They're still together. So they might, you know, come together for a special match on a pay per view or something down the road where it's like a six man situation where, you know, Biggie's a champion. They're the tag champs. They're, I don't know what the situation could call for it, but, Maybe they go that route. But as far as Kofi and Xavier go, here's my thing. I almost would rather see, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving Biggie getting this opportunity, but I, I wanted to see more of singles Kofi too. Because, you know, a lot of fans, I think we enjoyed his title run on SmackDown and it got just ripped away from him in, what, seven seconds by Brock Lesnar? Yeah. You know, getting... Giving Kofi another at least run at challenging for a, a title again, I'm, I'm for that. Maybe the thing is here, maybe it's not a tag team situation long term. Maybe Xavier's the mouthpiece for Kofi going after you know a title down the road. I, I'm not opposed to that. But here's the thing that, unfortunately, I think WWE is vastly concerned about right now. These two individuals are both just coming off injuries. And... If you don't believe that Vince doesn't think about that, look at Finn Balor. He never got another shot at the Universal title. I mean, he's never even gotten a shot, much less to be the champion. He hasn't even gotten that shot again. He just got another title going to NXT. So the fact that it took... And he got hurt again. And he's hurt again. (laughs) Hopefully he doesn't have to drop it again. Look, how many years for him to get another one? That just shows that Vince... Once you get hurt, he gets concerned about that. So Xavier Woods, been a little injury prone. Kofi Kingston, his style, his brand and style of wrestling, let's just call it what it is. It it levies itself to cruiserweight style, even though he's a bigger guy. Right. Vince is concerned that if I put a belt on him and he gets hurt, what do I do next? How do I handle it? So I think they're going to unfortunately be relegated to a tag team division that no one cares about because what have we seen? We saw the street profits. They, well, they're they're good at basketball, good at ax throwing, good at beer drinking. Because they want the smoke. You know, these are some qualities that I I think you look for in a tag team title match. So, uh, yeah, let's let's do that. It's concerning because that's what they're going to get relegated to. I mean, Think of the matches that they've had with the Usos over the years. Mm-hmm. Those matches rank up there with the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and and uh, the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. And, and I know some people would say, man, that's a freak. No, it's not. Those were some amazing matches that th- those teams Oh, fought. absolutely. And now we got to figure out a way to, re- to regenerate that, and you don't have the Usos to do it. Who are you going to use to do it? Are you bringing up, uh, uh, are you bringing up um, – uh, Adam Cole and the Undisputed uh, Era. Yeah, are you bringing up Undisputed Era? Well, here's the thing, too. You think about it. You know, they moved they moved Kofi and Xavier over to Raw. You you move Street Profits to SmackDown. You also take the newly like brought back together Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode tag team to SmackDown along with the Profits, along with the former SmackDown champs Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro, and the Usos are on SmackDown too. So there's actually some teams on SmackDown. And they don't mean they're going to use them correctly. But what teams, other than uh, you want to have a tag team out of the Hurt Business, what teams exist on Raw other than New Day right now? Because <laughs> they've uh, essentially broken up Andrade and Angel Garza. They're no longer a team. Nor should they ever challenge for the tag titles ever again because we've seen enough of that. Uh, well, I, I guess 
And this takes to a point that you made mention of earlier, and we've talked about it off air. It shows uh, what total garbage the draft is. I guess we can technically say Otis and Tucker are still together. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. That was – well, I guess I mean, you do – you know, I, I in all this, I have forgotten the fact that they didn't move Miz and Morrison to Raw. But we've seen New Day versus Miz and Morrison. Do we need to see more of that? I mean yeah. – and how long until they split? Because, you know, Miz is a much better single star. So is Jomo. So why do you really need them as a team long term? It's just, uh, it, it's, I hate the draft. Yeah. There's a better way to do it. And the draft is not the way to do they, it. They did it all wrong. And, and it's sad because, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. And I, and I honestly think part of this is what they're running into when you look at their ratings. I think WWE is out and out losing fans. Mm-hmm. I think there are people who, uh, so, I work with John Michaels. Some of you guys might know who he is. He's Sean Michaels? No, not Sean. no, no, John Michaels. John. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> they have the same amount of hair, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and tattoos. Uh, John Michaels, he's the host of the front row on 680 The Fan. And he's even someone who said, as he's a long-time, he's a diehard wrestling fan, he's turned away a little bit. But when he and I spoke today... Uh, as of the day we're recording this, when I made mention of if the rumors are true, stables coming back, he's saying, man, I'd be interested in that. I want to see things like that come about because, you know, we've talked about it. When I look at the Hurt business, it's easy because of their race that for when a black flag faction comes together, you say, man, I see the nation of domination. I look at the Hurt business. I don't. I see the four horsemen. Yeah. In a way, I just see a group. Like especially when you look at Lashley and Shelton and their their pedigree as actual amateur wrestlers, I see a group of badasses that are just kind of wrecking havoc on yes. Raw. I mean, and I mean, look at what they did to Retribution, which that's a whole nother story right there. You just oh, wasted Jake. our summer of Retribution storylines. You just wasted a story where you just you killed all of your payoff because you just couldn't think of what to do. Where you had Mustafa Ali come out as the leader, you had Mustafa Ali come out as the hacker. Yeah, and all oh in one gosh. night. First, you have the hurt business beat him, and then you have the fiend destroy them. Yeah, who did more damage to him, Bobby Lashley or the fiend? And I'm just like, <laughs> man, in one single fail swoop of a night, you just destroyed everything you built. First of all, there wasn't a lot of build up there, and that leads me to believe that 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 retribution's not long to be around. No. Because number one, it was just poorly constructed. I think they could have even gone, continued on longer with the, the thought processes that we had of put fillers in there until you can get some quality names into it. I don't yeah, think they got anybody at quality. I think this is going to rank up there with some of the other. It seems to be kind of a thing with summer storylines that, you know, the basic idea comes from it, but they don't quite know what there is just one idea that hey let's just throw it out there see what happens but you have no idea what's happening with it it goes with the anonymous raw gm that was an absolute joke because you just put it out there but did you ever have any actual plans of who was going to be you can't tell me that hornswoggle was planned to be the anonymous gm you just can't and it also they had so much potential with the summer of punk storyline where that that conspiracy theory idea going where, you know, why did Kevin Nash call CM Punk the match? And why is Triple H involved? Really, is Vince kind of working the puppets? And they never played off on it because Vince apparently lost interest in the storyline. I think that's exactly what happened with Retribution is, hey, this seems like a cool idea. It's based off of real life. Let's go with it and see what happens. But had no plans on what to do with it. And now, I mean, you if you wanted it to be involved, somehow connected to the hacker, I fantasy booked a way to to present that better on my way to work this morning based on what they did. You literally could have had Mustafa, the hacker, start revealing that, hey, there's another leader. They could have actually been, you know, trying to expose retribution only to actually, you know, reveal that the leader of the hacker is the leader. And, there, I mean, there's this other, drawn, you know, actual well-written ways to do this that just never happened. On top of all of that, in terms of just, first of all, let's start with some easy things. And we're going to really go a little bit literal here because as my tag team partner is very literal. I mean, the, that, I am the over-analyst of the finishing move. Analyst? Oh, wait, wrong show. <laughs> let's go here. And let's go with, because when I think of the name Retribution, 
punishment inflicted on someone is a vengeance for a wrong or criminal act. Mm-hmm. None of those individuals have been wronged. You just got to the WWE. If you're going to say that, take Superstar. You could have taken Fandango and put them in retribution. They have a valid argument. You could have taken, if you're going to bring back Melina, great. Put her in it. She has a valid argument. If you're going, You could have taken Charlotte Flair. You could have put her in it. You could have made her the leader of retribution since she's the queen and said she has a valid argument. None of those individuals. Ben anybody. And don't get me wrong. I'm a Mia Yim fan. I've said mm-hmm. that before. Likewise. But you did this all wrong. None of those people have anything to be upset about. What are they upset about? They never got an opportunity at NXT. Okay, fair. And then make retribution an NXT thing. But on the main, uh, uh, on Raw SmackDown, really not. Well, and here's the even, this just proves that nobody had any direction what they were going with. Why would they get contracts if they're outsiders attacking the brand? They should have had to like do something in order to be allowed to be there. Kind of like the, the, uh, uh, the uh, aces and eights. eights. They won a match against Sting and Bully Ray in order to be allowed to be in the building and come in and not just be people invading. Uh, the NWO, you know, won, a, won the war games in order to get the challenge for all the titles that, you know, they're outsiders. Why should they challenge for WCW titles? They had to do something to earn it. They just got given contracts. So, oh, they might play nice, but they still didn't. Then as a Raw brand, when you go into the draft, they're eligible for the draft. If they're wrecking havoc on your show, why would you draft them? Why? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. WWE did it all wrong. That group should have went undrafted. That then they would have even had more of a retribution storyline. And then even at that point in time, if you really want to mess it up, all right. Well, then you just take one member of retribution, and now you break them up. <laughs> at that point in time, they really should have went that way. Yes. <laughs> you know what? We want to end this, so we're just going to take one member of retribution. Uh, I'll take T Bar. Scene and done. Retribution's over. So, I just the draft was such a big disaster and such a big letdown that I hope WWE learns from their mistakes. Which, by the way, you're listening to the finishing move, the dark matches. Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell, Road Dog is on the road, hence his name. Um, but it, it's one of those things that if WWE is going to go into the stable world, and like we talked about previously, obviously the New Day's been separated, the Hurt Business. Uh, a new Wyatt family. It got me to thinking as we end, you know, every show that we talk about, it made me think of, in terms of stables, who was one of your favorite WWE, WCW stables of all times? I mean, obviously, you know, we can go down a long list of people. Obviously, the NWO was the largest stable that we've probably ever seen. But what was one of your favorite stables and, and some of the stars that came out of it? Because that's ultimately what a stable is supposed to do is help bring stars together and create more well i'll tell you this I, obviously if you want to go old school it's got to be four horsemen all day long and you look at the kind con- woo yeah the combination of and we're going old school big time here with big flair and arn and tully and barry windham i think was the best combination that they ever had but as far as kind of modern era you know i hated triple h at the time but i loved what evolution accomplished uh-huh. i mean at the beginning of it you had these two rookies in Batista and Randy Orton who are now bona fide Hall of Famers. All four of them have been world champions. You just look at what that did, and then you also look at what the Shield did. The Shield is just, yeah, I mean, all three won world titles, two of which are current champions in two different companies. Seth Rollins could easily be a world champion at any point and has been. I mean, and the fact that I think as far as a build as a group, I don't know that you can find one that was better done than that where they actually went with the logic of, hey, if these three are cohesive, then no three big monster baby faces should be able to beat them because they're not an actual team. They're not a team. The Shield is a team, which is what I wish they would do with tag teams now, but they'll never do that. No. But it's just what that led to both of those groups, Evolution and Shield put – future stars on the map as as main eventers i agree um and i i'm gonna go down the same path with you i mean obviously the horsemen they are the uh the bona fide you know marquee of it because even as a horseman evolved when you ended up with a uh, r.i.p 
Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko was a part of it. I don't believe Chris Jericho was a full horseman. I think you meant Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit, and I also just said RIP to Chris Jericho. He's, <laughs> he's well, like Chepion, did he have was his steak not good last night? Uh, it might have been. Don't get me started on this. <laughs> comical, but don't get me started on that. But Chris, uh, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, it, it gave those guys, I think it gave them wheels to move on a little bit further. I even loved when they had Sting and they kicked Sting out of it. Their only error, their only mistake with the four horsemen was allowing Mongo McMichaels to join. Because- I don't know. Sid Vicious was a pretty bad horseman, too. Lex Luger. Luger, I liked. I didn't believe it, but I liked. He didn't fit in the group, but you know what? When you talk about what the group is meant to do in the first place, it's to create a star. Yeah. It created Lex Luger as a star. Created- it created Sting as a star. You made and a great so movie. I liked it. Um, but the team, one of the teams that's one of my favorites that came about, and it was an old team that came back together, the Hart Foundation. When that Ooh. incarnation of oh, yeah. Brett, Brian Pillman, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, Jim Neidhart, it was a group where Brett Brett and Bulldog, hands down, they were going to be they were big stars already. I was a I'm a Bulldog fan. I always will be. Take them back to when Dynamite Kid. I was a fan. Um, but then to put Pillman and Owen and put that collection together, taking on Shawn Michaels and Dia, it was just great. I loved every bit of it. And then the natural hatred that was already there, the fact that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart hated each other, and now my brother hates you. My brother-in-laws hate you. A guy that just trained with us, he hates you. That was just the true precipice of it. Because the new, uh, you know, when you look look about it, you know, NWO was great, but NWO sure. consisted of stars. It didn't. It wasn't designed to produce stars. It was designed to take stars and just. It, it basically put together an all-star team. It, it literally did. You know, i.e., what the NBA does. Let's get right. some stars together and win championships. That's what they did. I feel like the Heart Foundation did not do that. I felt like the Heart Foundation consisted of guys who genuinely loved the business, and with the natural hate that was there, it was easy for them to sell it for more. And you know what? The heart, that incarnation, the Heart Foundation, it didn't necessarily create stars inside the group, but what it did was elevate Steve Austin in a way yes. that, I mean, sometimes it's not necessarily what that stable's designed to create from within. It's what it's helping to create on the outside. It's like what the Hurt Business was trying to do with Apollo Crews. Very much the same way. And it, to be MVP against Apollo Crews really elevated Apollo. It's I the agree. same thing. You know, Steve Austin had just turned babyface to the awesome double heel turn or double uh, double turn at WrestleMania. And it, I mean, what better way than to have this Badass baby face now having to run through five heels in a stable. I mean, that's that arguably that was more that did more for him then than having McMahon as his opponent over the next few years because by then Steve was established as the guy. As far as an elevation thing, man, Heart Heart Foundation put Steve Austin on the map. The only other one that I could think of that I got to put into this one, and because I think if this hadn't come about. I don't know if this individual, these individuals would have gotten the opportunities that they needed because wrestlers always say it's easier to be a heel than it is a face. Mm-hmm. The incarnations of the nation of domination. Okay. When I don't think Ron Simmons would have gotten any more. Of, I mean, think of that gimmick character, that gladiator that he was with Sonny. Uh, what was it? His Assad. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and what it did. I mean, w- without the Nation of Domination, we don't get the rock. Right. We still right. have the blue chipper Rocky Johnson with the hair coming around. That's a blue chipper right there. I mean, we don't get <laughs> we don't get Mark Henry. Right. D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. Uh the Godfather. Mm-hmm. I mean, what they put together. And I know when people hear those names, they're like, Yeah, they weren't big stars. They weren't mega stars. I mean, the rock, Mark Henry, yes, but let's not take away. The Godfather's a Hall of Famer, and it wasn't because of all, because of what he did as the Godfather. It wasn't what he, but it was also what he did as Kamala. It was also what he did as part of, you know, Shango. Yeah, exactly. Of all the different things, but I think we don't get those things. And I think the thing that they didn't get that, to your point, that what you even just made about the hurt business, if that were done properly, and I, I've watched different podcasts and different things about them and, and heard about them a little bit. I think it could have propelled Ahmed Johnson a little bit further too, because that rivalry 
could have been something that was Ahmed Johnson had the build to be a big star. He looked like he had every bit of making to be something huge. And I don't know, you know, some people will say it was his attitude that prevented him from doing it. I don't know what it would have been, but I think it could have propelled propelled him much like to your point you just said about the hurt business and uh and um Apollo Cruz. Well, no, they could have. I think you know, and I've listened to. Uh, oh, here I'm gonna do it now. You're gonna now I'm gonna be the one to throw out a shout out to another podcast. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard has talked about what happened in the in the situation with Ahmed, and it was both injuries and the fact that it just in ring wise it never developed for him, and he was just oh, never gonna be never gonna be that main guy. He definitely had all the momentum, all the build behind him. He had he looked great, and he had the push, but it just didn't work out. But and he know, had but he had a bad attitude. He didn't he. He lived off the concept because even I think he even admitted to it on um I can't remember whose podcast it was now, but he even admitted like he had such a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. that he couldn't knock it off to make himself better. But you know I digress. But right. it, it could have propelled him further if he would have done just that. Instead, he ended up as Big T in Harlem Heat 2000. If anybody actually remembers that, go back to the WWE Network. It'll depress you. Now, going through all the stables, it got me thinking. Like, Can you think of a stable that had so much potential that didn't live up to what it could have done? I mean, I think a lot of people think of what Nexus could have been. I mean, Nexus was a great storyline, but what could it really have ended up doing for me I look at legacy because that could have been a new version of evolution. By then, Randy Orton was established, and it was the idea was to push Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes up to that same level. And I don't think I don't think it got done. I think they tried to push legacy too fast. Because yeah. remember, there was a fourth member of legacy. Uh, I can't Manu? remember. Who's, yes, there was a fourth member, and all the mm-hmm. potential there. Because think about it. You could have continued on with the Usos. Legacy could have gone on for years and continued on even to a point now until when she's ready. The Rock's daughter being a part of it. And now she's now uh, in the, the developmental center. So there was someone, there was so many things that was there. Um, another group that actually had all the potential, but they were never designed to be a successful stable. Uh I'm drawing a blank on their name, and you corrected me last time I brought it up, but it was uh, Rusev, Sheamus. The League they, of Nations. The League of Nations. They had all the potential in terms of what those three guys – just think about it, because it's a League of Nations. You add Cesaro into it. You go further down the road, and I'm jumping very far ahead, but you add a Shinsuke Nakamura to it. You already have – you know, if he doesn't turn out to be someone who who – and I'm not saying this tongue in cheek. I'm saying this because I'm totally against it. it uh, Alberto Del Rio, if he doesn't turn out to be the jerk who likes to hit women. Right. You look at what you could have taken there and that could have easily have been what you did with um, uh, the Middle Eastern guy. They put him at, they made him the champion when uh, WWE wanted to get into the Middle East. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Yes. <laughs> Real blank Three on his years name. ago, and we've already forgotten his name. Oh, it's forgettable. But look the first at they, of the three-man band to win the world title. Not Drew McIntyre. It was Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. <laughs> but look at what they could have done in terms right. of WWE wanting to go into international markets. Mm-hmm. Now you take all these international stars. You make them different champions in different shapes, form, and fashion. Heck, if you want, bring back the European title if you who can you, you don't care about your tag team belts, bring out back the European title. And now you can go knock on all these different international markets without having, like we just pointed out, a forgettable title run of Jinder Mahal. I think the problem with League of Nations was it was really all designed to back up Sheamus as, as WWE champion after he cashed in Money in the Bank. But it was also, I think people are just tired of the anti-American gimmick. It's been done to death. And that's essentially what I mean. That was going to be. That's what gender as the world champion was. He was, you know, I'm 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 Indian and I'm better than you know the Americans and all this. And it's like, come on, we're at a point now where we're welcoming in international stars to the to American companies of wrestling more so than ever before. You've got American fans that are into New Japan watching their product. I don't think you need to go that route anymore. People are are fans of the international superstars. They don't need to have this. Oh, well, you're 
you know, you're Irish, you're automatically healed because you're not American. It's like, I don't know. It just seemed kind of lame to me. Actually, and you're, you're going to get a kick out of this. Do you want to know why the League of Nations was put together? Make Roman Reigns look stronger. Well, yeah, and hey, it's just like the Hart Foundation for Steve Austin, right? It's the, the faction to go up against Roman Reigns as the new babyface champion. So That yeah. was the only reason. Rusev came out and said it on a – he was on a podcast, and he made mention of it. He was like, the only reason they put that together, they had no intentions on this team going over. They had no intention on that team going anywhere. That team was supposed to make Roman look stronger because why? We were three of the biggest, baddest guys in the WWE. Pretty much, and I remember, I think, as right after Sheamus won the title, the authority basically told him, hey, you need to get some backup. And it was more or less like Seth Rollins having, you know, this, I don't want to say the Stooges, but whatever, uh, Joey Mercury and, uh, and uh, J- Jamie Noble. It's the same kind of thing. So it, it's sad what's done. So here's what we're going to do. Got homework, you and I both. You made, me, you made me think about what I want the next podcast to be. About. I'm going to have to study. Remember you bought Harlem Heat 2000 up? Failed reincarnations of tag teams. Ah, this could be good. I got one in mind, so we'll save that for the next time. Okay, I like this. We'll save that for the next one. We'll get that one taken care of pretty soon. And you guys listening, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on social media and join us. We we are very conversational. You can follow me at Donrad450. You can follow you at Bearded. Bearded Colwell. It hasn't changed. We're at like 400 days now. I have a longer reign as Bearded Colwell than Bailey as SmackDown Women's Champion, and she's over 365 now. Give him time. He'll change it, ladies and gentlemen. No, he will not. <laughs> and you can also follow us at Wrestle Finishing X. I was no, Wrestle Extra on Twitter. And, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast out there if you're following, following finding us on. I can't speak. Finding us on uh, social media right here. We've got. I mean, more than just the usual podcast. Myself and intern David Holloway, the intern to the finishing move, we just launched our new podcast, the Other Guys Podcast. We've got that, this here, the Dark Matches Podcast, oh. and we always put our live show at 7 to 8 p.m. every every Thursday on uh, when management when management allows it. us on Extra 106.3. Uh, we put that in podcast form as well. So if you subscribe to the finishing move on all your podcast platforms out there, you'll get all three of those shows, and you don't have to do a thing. Exactly. But if you want to pay us, that's great, too. Oh, that'd be if, awesome, yeah. If you want your sponsorship, join in. I'm setting up a cameo right now. <laughs> that's where we're going to end right here, right after that, <laughs> that point in time. Next thing, you, next thing you're going to tell me you're setting up an OnlyFans account, too. I, I wonder if WWE going. will make me turn over my cameo account to them as well, like they've done everybody Probably. else. Yeah, Probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, well. Thank you guys for listening to the finishing move, the dark matches. Like like Colwell said, you can listen to us every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Extra 106.3. Just download the Extra 106.3 app. At that app, you can take us wherever you go. You can take us in your pockets. Uh, also, go and talk to... Turn mine off because I didn't want you to do it. Go talk to Alexa. Hey, Alexa, look for Extra 106.3. You can guess wherever you get your podcasts, Amazon, Apple, iTunes, all over the place. And follow us on social media. Until next time, like I said, we have a little homework. Tweet us. Let us know some some of the failed tag teams that you want to talk about because I got a couple in mind. I think we'll have a little bit of fun. So then, if you don't listen again, Colwell's going to come and super kick you, and hopefully he won't break you. <laughs> Can't guarantee it. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Good night. <laughs>